From the studios of Tucson Business Radio X, recorded in the Stewart Title Corporate Offices on Broadway, you are now listening to The Mark Bishop Show. And now here's your host, Mark Bishop. And welcome to uh, another uh, The Reading Corner, featuring authors and new books on The Mark Bishop Show. On the Trail of Delusion, Jim Garrison, The Great Accuser. Any ideas what I'm talking about? Well, let's talk to the author. Welcome, Fred Litwin. Hi, Fred. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you very much. While your new book details the assassination of John F. Kennedy, it argues the case for a lone gunman. Now, it's not often that a conspiracy theorist becomes a conspiracy theory debunker. So uh, tell us, Fred, how you arrived at that. Well, it was a long process. I mean, it's, I started off in uh, 1975 when I saw the Zapruder film on national TV, uh, and with the head snap, going, the head going backwards to the left after the headshot, I was convinced there was a conspiracy. Uh, fast forward uh, 30, 30 years later, and I was living in England, and uh, I started reading the House Select Committee on Assassinations, all their volumes of evidence, mm-hmm. and just convinced me all the tests they did indicated there was only one gunman. And I was forced to uh, to change my mind. Well, you know what? Right up till now, I still believe there was more than one. How about that? And the only thing yeah, that well, really convinces me of that, Fred, is is the is the bit about the knoll. You know, the other dude yeah. on the knoll. But anyway, uh, your new book, uh, you know, details a lot. You've done quite a bit of meticulous research, I might add, into this case, and you visited nearly every structure in the U.S. that contained papers related to District Attorney Jim Garrison. How did you come to focus on Garrison, and what are some of the the things that you learned about him that may surprise the general public? My last book, I had a chapter on Jim Garrison, and some of the the critics went after and saying, well, you really haven't uh, gone through all of Jim Garrison's papers in the National Archives. You've only uh, read a lot of good secondary material. And it just turns out that Garrison's papers are all online, uh, put online by the National Archives. And so I decided to go through them. And as as I went through them, they were even crazier than I thought. And I started coming across crazy memo after crazy memo. And after a while, I I determined, wow, this is a book. People don't realize just how crazy this man was. And then I went all across the United States to every archive I could find that had primary garrison documents. I didn't want to miss one. And uh, I've, I've now gone through thousands of pages of his documents, and uh, I put a lot of them in my book to show just how crazy this man was. Well, you know, Garrison uh, turned the JFK assassination from an investigation into a circus by buying yep. into conspiracy theories. Uh, in what ways did he add confusion to the case, do you feel? Well, he, he, he couldn't find any evidence of a conspiracy, and so he invented uh, evidence. And so he, his main witness uh, against this businessman, Clay Shaw, was somebody who he had, he had interviewed under sodium pentothal <laughs> and then hypnotized three times and basically invented a memory of an assassination meeting. And it was ludicrous on the face and no evidence to support it. And I think... At, Garrison discredited a lot of assassination theories by being so over the top. Yeah, he targeted uh, Clay Shaw, among others. Uh, Clay yep. Shaw was a what a gay man in a time when really uh, homosexuals weren't as accepted as they are today. How do you think this affected or didn't his trial? Well, it, 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 it affected in the sense that Garrison was really after, he, for a while he thought it was a homosexual plot. 
because everybody he came up with uh, in, involved was, was gay. Mm-hmm. And so the only way he could explain it was it was this conspiring group of homosexuals. And it meant that he targeted the gay community. I mean, they were just going into every gay bar, every gay organization, looking for informants, looking for people who could help them with their case. And, of course, it made people in the gay community pretty scared of what was going on. Amazing, amazing, and the research. You know, I must be like a million other people, millions of people around the world who have got their theories and ideas, and, you know, it's dinner table talk because uh, it was such a shame what happened to Kennedy. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, the Ruby business and then the Knoll and then uh, uh, thinking maybe it was the uh, vice president that got rid of him, then the CIA, was it them that got rid of him? Uh, was he about to... Uh, what is, what's one I heard the other day? Oh, because I've just about seen every documentary there has been made on, on the assassination. And yep. there was a new came to light about that Kennedy was going to release about UFOs and about aliens. There's another <laughs> yeah, one for he was, you. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was, you know, world peace was about to break out, and they had to kill him, and he was going to withdraw from Vietnam, and then, yeah. you know, every everybody has their pet theory, and that's the beauty of this of the JFK assassination is that it fits any theory you want. Mm-hmm. You can make up and say, hey, he was killed because of this, and uh, it fits into your political theory. It takes a lot of research. When you say you went all across America doing this research, are there any people that sort of put up doors in front of you? You know, have you had battles to find out information? Uh, not really. You know, I mean, it's, a lot of it is out there. Uh, you just have to go and travel. So, you know, if you want to go see uh, the papers of Clay Shaw's defense attorney, you have to go to New Orleans. They're not online. And so it, it, it costs a lot of money to make these trips and mm-hmm. stay in hotels and uh, food and everything else. So I went to the National Archives three times, or actually in Washington four, four times, because I also had to go to the Library of Congress. So it just, uh, it's just time-consuming and costs a lot of money. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you're on a mission, I guess, when you start out to do this, you know. Your uh, first book, uh, Conservative Confidential, Inside the Fabulous Blue Tent, it details yep. your journey from left-wing anti-nuclear activist to becoming a gadfly on the right. you got to tell us about this one briefly, if in nothing else. Uh, <laughs> what on earth made you change sides, bro? It was really 9-11 and the reaction of the left to 9-11. Uh, this is a horrible thing that happened. I mean, Islamists slamming planes in the World Trade Center and people on the left starting to come up with all sorts of excuses uh, mm-hmm. of why this was sort of okay. Basically, America had it coming. And I just thought this was a horror, horrific reaction mm-hmm. to, to what had happened. And, and I, it made me turn away from the left uh, in disgust. Well, Fred, I got to tell you, let's go on to another conspiracy, the World Trade Centers. I was in bed <laughs> watching when that happened live. Um, I felt for the people jumping out of windows. I wish to devil these big, tall com- uh, buildings and corporations in them were forced to have parachutes or something that would be able to help people when something like that ever happened. But here's the deal. Do you think there was any explosions at the base of those to bring them down, that uh, it was a setup to cause war or what? Uh, no, no, not at all. And, uh, I it was what it was. All- it was what it, what it was, and there's you could read Popular Mechanics that explains the science of all everything that happened from different buildings falling, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's all explained pretty clearly. Because even to the average goose like me, I mean, you think the planes, they crashed in high, 
you know, how on earth, uh, underneath with all, I know the heat, uh, you know, of the steel melting and all of that jazz, but for it to be able to totally uh, crumble and, and destroy, that, that, that amazes me, you know. That's why I sort of lean towards, gee, was there something else then? Did other explosions go off that they talk about, you know? I mean, it's, it's another one. But anyway, let's get back on track. Now, Fred, Russian misinformation isn't new. The Ruskies are good at this, yep. aren't they? Uh, you say yep. that in the book, the Russians also tried to convince people that the CIA was part of the JFK assassination. Yes, they did. And there are actually more than there were like at least three different operations that the Russians uh, were, were using. One operation was right after Clay Shaw was arrested to plant false information in a Communist Party uh, daily in Rome um, that Clay Shaw was part of the CIA. And that was a six-part miniseries that ran full of misinformation, and that got covered into – that was taken into all the communist press, and then it morphed into the mainstream press. Um, Ludovoir in Montreal, Canada published it, Mm -hmm. and then it went into other magazines. And from there, it's become a staple of conspiracy theorists that Clay Shaw was part of the CIA. You know, the problem with us advancing in life and technology and online is all the fake news. And yep. it, it doesn't take a lot, does it, to be able to uh, conspire, construe, and, and, and put up stuff that can come across as so real, so fair income, it's just not funny, and the gullible public buy it all. Absolutely, and that is a really good example, and it's it's quite sad and as to what happened. And it's it, what, what amazes me is how conspiracy theorists fall for if, – if it's on the pro-conspiracy side, they'll fall for it. <laughs> if it's anti-conspiracy – they, they won't buy it. Folks, I'm speaking uh, with a brilliant author by the name of Fred Litwin. Uh, his book is out. It's brand new, On the Trail of Delusion, right? On the Trail yep. of Delusion, Jim Garrison, The Great Accuser. Now, what conspiracy theories are around today? Well, there's everything you could think of. I mean, you name it. Uh, there's even people who think that Jackie killed Kennedy. Oh. The Secret Service man in the backup car killed Kennedy. Um, there's gunmen in every building in Daly Plaza, the grassy knoll. Both sides of the grassy knoll, there are gunmen. I mean, you name it, uh, there is a conspiracy theory for you. You know, uh, Jackie loved him very much, right? Yep. I think that's a fact. It must have been absolutely horrible to be sitting beside your darling and watch that go into your head, you know, and the blood everywhere. It's an incredible trauma. I mean, I you know, no, nobody can even speak to it because it's so it's so unique and so horrible um, to live through that, and then to go to the hospital and and uh, mm-hmm. deal with all of that, and then flying back to Washington. I mean, my God, what she went through is just terrific. I don't blame her how she went on to live a life. Do you? Nope. You know, look, she she went off and she became a very published editor at a at a major uh, publisher publishing house. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when the public buys into conspiracy, it can separate us into tribes, can't it? I mean, social media allows us to find tribes that believe what we believe. So what can we all do, do you think, Fred, to turn the tide so that our news media... I I mean, I've never seen media like it in my life in America, how biased it is, got to tell you. But anyway, and people... I, I just don't understand why the public allow for it, even NPR... You know, they say we're factual, this, that, that. I've never seen so much rubbish in all my life. But anyway, what can we all do? That's why I got out of radio and went to podcasting, because it's clean and it's honest. 
Now, what can we all do to turn the tide so that our news media and people in general look for facts instead of opinion and untruth, do you think? It's a hard one. You've got to fight back. And uh, I fight back every day on Facebook. You know, I'm fighting the good battle there. And, um, you know, there's some people who I'll never can convince. But the great middle part of the population that really doesn't know as much as they should, I can convince them. And so every day, you know, we make a little bit of ground uh, on, on battling back conspiracy theories. And in fact, since 2000, uh, conspir- JFK conspiracy theories have completely lost ground in public opinion. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're actually winning the fight there. And again, for anything you think about, uh, people are going to have to fight the good fight to, to battle um, a lot of this fake news. You know, I was speaking to a couple of uh, acquaintances, business acquaintances last week, and they're getting on, they're in the, their 80s. And, you know, the feeling I got from them and the way they came across was, what's it matter anymore? I give up. I don't know who to trust. I don't care. And to me, that is the, that's the root of all evil when you give up like that. I agree. So you can't give up. Our lives are at stake. Well, this is it. And our kids and our grandchildren. Yep. Fred, in 2000, um, on a lighter note, you founded Northern Blues Music, a cutting-edge blues label, hey, which has won many awards. Well done. Good on you. Yeah, in fact, today I just received an award for Acoustic Album of the Year for Watermelon Slim's Traveling Man. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be real cool. How did this come about, and and who are some of the artists, uh, other than whom you just mentioned, but who else do you represent? Well, I represent, uh, you know... A lot of artists were no longer with me because the the music business is so bad. Yeah, but yeah, I've, I've represented one. Watermelon Slim and Otis Taylor and uh, Paul, a whole variety of artists you probably never heard of. Mm-hmm. But I've won uh, you know over forty Blues Music Award nominations from the states and uh, twelve Juno nominations from Canada. And uh, it's been a hell of a lot of fun. I just wish the music business was better. Well, you know, I mean, uh, I would love a cent. Let's make it five cents for every single performing artist in my younger days as a jock in radio. Uh, Anything from Elton John to the Beatles I've had in my studios as guests. And I can tell you, you know, uh, the record companies were the one that made the money. Oh, but we do the promotion and we do the print and we do this. And the artist got five, you know, ten cents, a bloody album or something, right? I mean, it's pathetic. And now, you know, what's wrong with people trying to make a living out of the darn thing by going online and doing it themselves? Well, you know, I, I look, and that's where I tell all new artists, go do it yourself. The problem right now is that nobody gets any money from Spotify, whether you're <laughs> unless you're really, really super big. And so the the artists that I represent, the small, the small middling artist, they get nothing. Nobody's touring right now, and they get nothing from from any of their CDs playing on the air. Mm-hmm. And so their income has just completely gone away. You know, Spotify must have more money than they know what to do with. I mean, is it true or is it another rumor or is it a conspiracy? I watch him every night in bed because I don't like the swearing and I don't like the smoking online or on on, uh, on the show because that doesn't enhance anything. Um, but the guests are great. When you've got money, you can get wonderful guests. You know what I mean? It does, It's all about money. Yep. But the reality yep. is of Grogan, right? $118 million to go to Spotify. Is that true? Have you heard that? There's a lot of money there. There's a lot of money sloshing around um, because a lot of people are listening, but there's not money floating down to the the smaller artists. No, there isn't. There isn't. 762,000 podcasters in America. Half of the half of the half of 1% make anything. (laughs) Yep. Yep, exactly. And then you get a guy like Grogan who gets all of that. But he's good. I'll give him that. He's talented. Now, 
Closing this interview, what is the free-thinking film society that you started? What on earth is all that about? Well, it was a film society that I wanted to show films that were in opposition to Michael Moore's uh, uh, Fahrenheit 911. Oh, yeah. And and I thought that was a piece of trash. I was very upset about it. And uh, nobody would show some of the films I wanted to show, see in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know what, I'll do it myself. Started a film society, hired a theater. I started showing documentaries that nobody else would bring to Ottawa. Right. And then it morphed into, I did four film festivals, showed over 100 films, uh, brought in a book did book launches, a whole brought in speakers. It was an amazing thing. Oh, isn't that great? What a fantastic yeah. idea. Full credit to you. How did you go yeah, about thanks. that? How do you find out, though, who's got these docos? you got to do a lot of research. And here you we find go out, again. You know, here and there. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing what you could find when you really start looking. Right. No, that sounds terrific. So that's, gonna, that's an annual event now, right? No, well, we stopped. We did four years, and then we sort of stopped. We lost the venue that we were using in Ottawa, and it became too expensive to put on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's next? Are you writing another book, Fred? Yeah, my next book will be part of the tr- end of the, end of the trilogy on the JFK assassination. It will look at all the early researchers in the 60s who misled Americans into believing there was a conspiracy. Wow. And when do you think that'll be out? Oh, probably another two years, I guess. Okay. Well, I hope you're making a quid out of this one to survive. Well, you know, probably won't make enough to pay back what I spent in traveling, but that's okay. Wow. It's, it's just a lot of fun. As long as you can do that, you know, right, with the right attitude, I'm a great believer of you do what you love, man, and the money will come somehow. Exactly. You know, so it's on sale where? How can I buy on the Trail of Delusion? It's uh, it's on sale on Amazon and any good ebook retailer or print retailer, and uh, just go to my website on the trail of delusion dot com, all one word. Okay, on the trail of delusion dot com. Fantastic, Fred Litwin, ladies and gentlemen, on the trail of delusion. Jim Garrison, the great accuser, and uh, a lot of work went into this book. So maybe you mightn't like it because you might be the other way, but maybe this will straighten you out too. <laughs> You never know. All right, Fred, lovely speaking with Thanks. you, and good luck with this, Thank man. Thank you very much. You're most welcome. Thanks. All right, goodbye. Yep. Bye.